This is Sid Haig for Nightmare Junkhead. Listen, or I'll come over there and put my boot all up in your ass. in and out of your consciousness like a bad dream you can't wake from, this is the Nightmare Junkhead Podcast, a horror podcast that occasionally worships at the altar of plutonium. My name is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee. And on today's episode, we're closing out the month of November as we summon up a few of our favorite scores and soundtracks and listen in to the sweet sound of Satan. And you don't have to be in league with the Dark Lord to listen to our show. All you need to do is search for Nightmare Junkhead wherever podcasts are played, hit subscribe, and when we drop our latest episode, it will download directly to your listening device of choice. All up in your hellhole. And you can also summon us up on social media. Uh, If you're on Twitter, you can follow us along at Nightmare Junk and on Facebook at Nightmare Junkhead. And of course, it is on Facebook where all the good, fun, satanic, uh, spooky shenanigans happen. Yeah, satanic, shen- satanic shenanigans. It's it's not it's not an ethos. It is a way of life. Yes, it is. <laughs> you think this is a costume? It's a way of life. We do have our events tab there, and as this episode releases on Friday, November 29th. Yes, tonight. Yes, indeed, tonight. Uh, this has become an annual tradition. Mm-hmm. The third year in a row, Kansas City Horror Club Screenland Tapcade. What is happening here? on Black Friday? The blackest of Fridays, Chopping Mall. This movie is great. Spend some time shopping and then get your head exploded by killer robots and then an orgy at the mattress store. So, yeah, it's a good good post-Thanksgiving tradition. Truly another time. Another place. As, 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 as the mall. <laughs> what do we call that now? <laughs> Nostalgia. Internet the store. Yeah, internet the store. <laughs> The retail brick and mortar internet. If you ever see one of the happen to see what happens when Johnny Five goes berserk in a mall setting, this is the film for you. Plus, mm-hmm. you get Barbara Crampton and her crimped hair. Yep, Kelly Moroney, a little bit of beef, and of course the late great Dick Miller. Yep, all that on Black Friday. But save your energy because then just a mere few days later, mm-hmm. again the Kansas City Horror Club. What do you have lined up for us there, genius? We have Mary. Axmas, the Horror Christmas Craft Bazaar Bazaar. It is going to be fantastic. We're going to have 30 vendors all selling local handmade goods. Um, Men Behind the Mask, Tom McCotton, uh, Regine in her new book. All kinds of cool stuff going on. A lot of cool stuff. And we're going to have pictures with Krampus. So we're going to have Krampus running around. You can like take pictures and he's like, might beat your kids if you want. You know, just a good time had by all. So whether you've been naughty or nice, come on out especially for the naughty person in your life you know what i'm saying because like it's hard to like you go to all the like craft stores and bazaars and everything's christmasy about now which is fine if you like christmas but you know sometimes me personally i like a little scary christmas so this is that's the best way to market this this is where you shop for a person like mm-hmm. genius mcgee mm-hmm. if you want to tickle his fancy you will indeed find it here don't dream it yeah tickle away well then that following tuesday if it is tuesday you're gonna find me at the alamo draft house and on december 3rd we're hoping for a hollywood ending with a film that combines equal parts of Shaun of the Dead with High School Musical, mm-hmm. and it's one that I had a chance to see on the big screen. It's glorious. And it's one that does definitely need to be in your holiday rotation, but the the horror genre mishmash musical, Hand on the Apocalypse. This is a fun movie. 
I thoroughly, uh, to quote you, I thoroughly enjoyed this film. I did. <laughs> I did. It was a great experience. Jaunty, um, dour, yes. violent, fun, mirthful, like a lot. It, it, it had its going. It's a good movie. It's one that it's, it's, it's exactly as it sounds as it is. It, it's exactly what you think it is. Right. <laughs> Pretty much. It is the pieces of the musical. Zombie musicals. Yes. Yeah. But this is one you definitely want to be able to see up on the big screen So uh, on December 3rd. But save your energy because then two days later on December 5th, I believe that is a Thursday, two separate events here. And uh, <laughs> proof positive that, yes, we can exist without each other here. A nightmare junkhead can mm-hmm. spread to multiple areas here. But over at the Draft House, I believe, Genius McGee, you've got a date with uh, some little green men, I believe. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We are going to avoid direct sunlight. We're going to eat after midnight, <laughs> and we're going to get real wet. It's going to be all. I put that in the wrong order, didn't I? <laughs> this is why you can't have nice things, my friend. That's <laughs> Genius Gaga. So, like, <laughs> we're going with Gremlins, man. I can't wait to see this. Just for my one of my favorite scenes in cinema history of all time, seeing Mrs. Deagle fly up this <laughs> with the cartoon music, the pew, and, and just see the feet. Wah, wah. The first time I saw that movie, I almost pissed my pants. Not hyperbole. I literally almost pissed my pants. I was little and I was laughing so hard. And another film that kills off Dick Miller. <laughs> I Oh, poor Dick. It's the Futterman curse. The, this might be the precipice of the Futterman curse. I think the holidays are the worst time for the, for the Futterman curse. Because <laughs> it's going to f- plop up f- in a number of holiday so films. Bring your bathroom buddy and we'll have a good time because it's a movie party. It is. It is. And this is what I like about living in the Kansas City area then because then if Gremlins isn't your taste, so to speak, over at Screenland Armor, I'll be hosting a contemporary holiday classic and i'm bummed that i'm missing this one and this is one that definitely needs to be seen on the big screen so you can fully enjoy what i think was i it definitely had its fair share of people that we both enjoyed it Mm -hmm. but i think it's found much like his previous film a wider audience after the fact but this is your chance to see on the big screen uh michael darty's krampus oh this movie is in my holiday rotation like it, it is. Well, as soon as I saw it on the big screen, I'm like, I have to have that movie. I've seen it multiple times now, and I've grown to enjoy it each successive time. Mm-hmm. And this is going to be the first time I get to see it up on the big screen again. Um, I am going to put together a little bit of a pre-show and a trailer yes! reel, of course. Yes. Of course. Uh, but no, this is why I like living in Kansas City. Is you get a choice of cool holiday Christmas monsters. Yeah, exactly. So wherever you choose, you win, ultimately, Mm -hmm. is what we're saying. So make sure you are following us along on Facebook for all of those events and then some. Yep. And speaking of events, uh, we're recording this the day after. Um, Special shout out to Screenland Armor and Adam and everyone at Screenland Armor. But number one, seeing, you know, a cool Italian horror film on the big screen, you need to do that because a lot of cool Italian horror films are... Need to be seen on the big screen. Those are... (laughs) Big, weird-ass movies. A lot of the times they're narratively confused, but, man, you get a lot of style. Oh, yeah. And a lot of the style comes from the score. And we had a chance to experience not only Lucio Fulci's The Beyond on the big screen, Mm -hmm. but Fabio Fritzi himself was in attendance playing, scoring alongside the film, which, let me just tell you, there are multiple bucket, like, horror bucket item lists. Yeah. I've been able to check off, and a lot of the times I we we've had to travel for those. Like think John Carpenter, seeing mm-hmm. John Carpenter live, 
a horror bucket item list, oh, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Seeing Fabio Fritzi perform live. Oh, yeah. A bucket horror item. And you know what? We just had to travel down the street, my friend. Exactly. We that didn't have was, to go that far. That was fantastic. So this is my number one. This was my first time seeing this film on the big screen. Yeah. And obviously seeing Fabio Fritzi perform live. And I can say, with, with some films here recently, I've gone in with low expectations. Okay. I went with super high expectations because I'm a fan of these kind of experiences. Yeah. Recently, we had a chance to see... Claudio Simonetti's Goblin with... with um, Deep Red. Mm-hmm. Uh, last year was had a chance to see Suspiria. So I've, I've experienced these scenes before, so I know how they play. And man, knowing just number one, how good the score is yeah. in the beyond, I was super excited, but also just how it plays differently, seeing it live and seeing how they make it work live. Mm-hmm. I love the interplay between the band members, uh, the, the spoken stuff that doesn't happen, the unspoken stuff that happens that you can see and it makes you part of the experience. And he's over there like, getting up and leading the band like a old he's composing like, leopold, leopold 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 you know so like <laughs> so it was awesome to see that and so it was it was great it, it was, was a, a surreal time and again i love the score because like the sinister stuff is so dis- dissonant and creepy but then when you get the rising, the ultimately the everything mm-hmm. about it becomes epic. Yeah. And when it's being performed for you live like that, and I will say this, with theatric speaking, the keyboardist guy, did you notice when he was doing the little he would raise his fist like a Leopold, if you uh-huh. will? It just, I, and it made me grin because it just added to the overall experience of everything. But yeah. you mentioned before... This film is a it's a classic weird it's weird Italian horror film nightmare logic and like a lot of it's Fulci's greatest hits it really yes. really is Gene do, do, do we mentioned before if you go back to our Doctor Sleep episode about how um, Mike Flanagan has a thing with a like hand, hand trauma, trauma right but you know of course Fulci has a lot of weird things going on in his film with eyeballs so you like you like people getting stabbed in the eye hair five or six times for you a boom right like hey we got the spiders eating people's eyes you like spiders man that, that spider scene that shit still. is gnarly dude I love that scene it's so cause like you know you normally see spiders and I think that's what I like about this cause this is a, probably one of my favorite Italian movies I mean like that demons spirit you know it's like one of my favorite ones but like you see the spiders coming along and you're like okay they're gonna bite and poison him you don't expect them to like eat the eyeballs and the tongue it's fucking rad and like hey you like you like people's face getting melted how about this about three or four times let's throw acid on them and like oh, that's crazy now my apologies to any of our italian viewers and listeners out there with genius's offensive accent over here <laughs> just be thankful he hasn't transitioned to the french one you know we all <laughs> There it is. There it is. We've lost them as well. Just crossed them off. But no, this was unbelievably amazing because having been able to experience this before, initially I always had the problem of who do I watch? Mm -hmm. Do I'm just watching the band, the movie? But now I was just kind of able to experience. I knew what parts of the movie I wanted to watch Mm -hmm. because there are the the highest of highs with an Italian horror film. Yeah. (laughs) Because I think with Fulci, like you mentioned, it was kind of a greatest hits. And I think with a lot of those films, they are kind of the sum of the parts. Mm -hmm. Like you have to get to some weird just necessary exposition you have to spend belief too so like okay but being able to do a lot of the peripheral viewing as well was wonderful so the beyond with the fritzy score was mwah, mm-hmm. wonderful but 
and this was what was funny was then like half the audience left and we probably saved a few of them as well going no i think they're performing this intermission absolutely and so i knew he was going to be playing some themes from his other work Mm -hmm. um what i wasn't anticipating and what we got was really special and I mean that in the best way. Absolutely special. It was the the softer side of Fritzy. Uh-huh. The AM Gold Fritzy. We were going along in his his Vespa van. Yeah. <laughs> Grazie. <laughs> Ciao. <laughs> it was all right by everyone involved. Yeah. So ultimately the the setup of the band, we had two guitar players, mm-hmm. a bass player, we had a keyboardist and a drummer. And Fritzy playing between his synth and his own acoustic guitar. Mm-hmm. And he opened up with a few, some really good bits and pieces that sounded like some of his film. Now, I am not as well versed in the Fritzy catalog as I am with some of the other composers that were right. on the show a lot of the time. Yeah. So, I, I've heard that. Exactly. With a lot of <laughs> stuff. But I was into it immediately. Yeah, exactly. You can't help but like get drawn into it. Because it's, it's Italian prog rock. Oh, yeah. You can't go wrong with that. Just listening to the overlying bass tones mm-hmm. that synth playing over each other. The guitarist, when they got to solo, they were going crazy. And the, the drummer was finally being able to go on Unleashed. And then, and actually, even before we transitioned to the really awesome part... They started playing. He started playing on his acoustic guitar, and it, if you go back to our um, the Suspiria episode when I kind of got lost with the bass player and her rendition of I believe the track is Size on the Suspiria score, but he played a song on there and I got lost into it and it was it was creepy, but it was one of those mm-hmm. like lullaby kind of creepies where I was being lulled in, and he lulled. All of us in in some ways I wasn't anticipating because then he brought up the microphone and I thought we were going to get like um, the storytellers Fabio Fritzi version. Right? I wrote this uh, for Spooky, you know, <laughs> and like so. But he started. He we got a full on like it was like you said it was, it was, a, it was a melody of his great his solo work. It was incredible, and he's singing to us, and these are some sad, mournful songs. But also uplifting and hopeful, like, when you're going down the road alone, and I'm like, and I'm just sitting there. So, you know, like in the cartoons when somebody's eyes get all big, and then they just had like all these hearts, I'm sitting there like... This is delightful because I wasn't expecting it, and I have no. this I have this soft spot for AM Gold, right? And so, because it's all right by me, and so I'm just sitting there, and I'm like, "Oh, this is wonderful!" I'm totally he was, unexpected. He was swooning you at that point. It was like, you know what, genius? He was singing to just you and you alone out there. <laughs> genius, this one is for you. <laughs> you are the minister of sinister. See, now I'm gonna alienate everyone. Here. Yeah, this is for you and your cat hole. <laughs> we'll talk about that in a minute. But ultimately, that played wonderfully, and then he ended everything with uh, "We Are Going to Eat You," the main theme from Zombie. It was it was a wonderful tonal shift because he's like, and then the fields are green, right? And then like, bam, 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 bam. Everyone was waiting for it, and I think, and I don't, and I think it surprised a few people in the audience. I don't think they were anticipating what we got. I, 
ate it with a fucking <laughs> spoon, man. I loved every second of it. I had a blast with it, and he ultimately they you know transitioned. Everyone came out, and you know what? It was even better. Was um my back my backyotomy uh, was back acting up on me, so I had to stand to the side. But a friend of the podcast, Nick Spacek, was over there, and we got to experience zombie together, which was really nice. Uh, but it was nice to see everyone out. It was a, a, a cool experience, and again, an item on my horror bucket list I was very happy to check off. But sometimes there's those moments that define our lives. Um, you know, if you go back to our podcast and you think, Genius McGee, um, on your tombstone, obviously with vegan cheese, What's going to be on there? The Wolf Cop! And that was experienced uh, at Screenland Armor. Mm-hmm. And you, you came over here tonight before we started recording. Because as soon as everything left, I was late. I was tired. I wanted to head home. I was it like, was hey. like midnight when we were done. I was like, I'm heading out, man. Have fun. You know, yeah. do your picture thing. Because he was taking pictures and having fun with everyone. And I was like, you know, that's not my thing. I'm, I need to recharge. And... You come in and you're like, um, I was like, hey man, what's what's going on? And you're let me tell you about what happened to me. So, <laughs> like seconds after you left, seconds after you left, this happened. So <clears throat> I'm sitting there. We, we, we just got finished helping cleaning up, right? And he's taking pictures with everybody. And Brett's over there t- helping out from Screenland. Shout out. And so he Fabio's like, yeah, get the camera, and he'll take a picture, right? And so like he's going getting pictures with everybody. And everybody's like, oh. Duh. And so I was like, ah, should I get a picture? Nah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm going to clean up. But I will wait for the end of the line. So I'm at the end, right? And I'm, I'm glad I'm at the end. And so he goes, hey, I just want to say you did a fantastic show. I really appreciate what you've done for the music genre and the and the prog rock and all that stuff. And he goes, ah, you want the picture? I'll take it. Yeah, come here. I'll give you a picture. Give me a picture, right? And Brent's like, here, I'll take a picture. So I hand him the phone. <clears throat> I hand him my phone. And... <laughs> So Brent's trying to get a good angle. He's like got these selfie extended arm going on and he pushes the wrong button and winds up going to the next picture. Okay. Now the next picture, uh, side note, I have a little kitty cat. My, he's my baby. Little right? shout out to Owen. Shout out to Owen. Well, he recently got injured with a bot fly. And now for those that are listening may not be familiar. What is a bot fly? Is that something that Cronenberg came up with? He's fucking some Ridley Scott came up with because basically that's what it is. Uh, A fly laid an egg inside of a scratch that he had and it made a larva that decided to turn into a pustule and pop out. So basically he had a hole in him. The. The size that oh you can put like a little marble in it. I mean it's a little it's 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 a fourteen millimeter. Right. And if you follow Genius online, you can see it. Poor Owen, you can. It's horrible. It does look like something from we, some a film that we'd be talking about. Yeah, it, theoretically, it's the size equivalent, like the scale ratio to cat to human, to be the size of a softball in their middle of the chest. So and imagine that. Okay, so. <laughs> but it, there's it's, it's horrible. It's something you don't want to see. It's right. something you you can't unsee. Right. And so he's something you need to be prepared for if you're going to see it is what we're saying. So going back to the original story. So Brent pushed the wrong button. And the next thing you see, instead of everybody's like, say cheese. He's like, ah, cheese. Right. He pushes the button. It goes to the next picture. Now, the next picture is an up close personal shot of that hole because we were at the vet. Right. Of everything that we just said, you need to be prepared for. You don't want to see that. This is gnarly. This is something. A big, pink, fuzzy hole, literal hole. And from far away, selfie arm. It doesn't. You. 
you don't know what exactly it is, but you know you don't want to be seeing this, right? And he it's goes, a cursed image, is what it is. And he, his eyes go big, and he goes, "Oh my!" Right? And I, he said, "Oh my, what's that?" And I'm like, and I'm like, "Ah, uh, th- that's it's my kitty hole, right? It's my cat hole, right?" Because I'm trying to explain, and I'm like trying to fumble along, <laughs> and I'm like I'm trying to get my phone away. <laughs> He's like, get it set. And I didn't know what to do. So, I, he, so he's like, oh, okay. Take the picture. Excuse me, excuse Right? And he kind of chatted off. And I just, in his mind, he's going, this is why I should have just, you know, I should have gone a little bit extra and got security for this tour. <laughs> because then I wouldn't have to work. Random strangers showing people Gee, your you, cat hole. You are only solidifying every nasty like stereotype he's heard about people from the Midwest. Okay, I'm telling you right now, you are not doing anything for international horror. <laughs> like I'm never coming back to this shithole place again. He's all pissed off. Either that or or on his bug like his on his uh, writer. It's it could be possibly like good Italian food, blah blah blah. But also like keep this cat hole away from me. <laughs> yeah, it's like 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 I wrote a bad check. Just like got my picture on the tour bus. So from I'm a so, so from a from a cat hole to a wolf cop. <laughs> Screenland Armor has been involved in some wonderful movie making memories. So, uh, and that is a roundabout way of saying thank you, everyone that was involved yes, with that. Thank you. That thank was you. a blast. And, and Fabio, if you're listening, I doubt it, but I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I'm glad I got a chance to explain myself. Well, ultimately, we're going to transition here to a segment we do maybe once a month at best, but there are some podcasts out there that do this on a daily basis, including. Again, Nick Spacek from the front of an Inspired by podcast, but also obviously check out anything and everything from the uh, Damn Fine Network, mm-hmm. um, the Saturday Night Sleepover podcast, a little uh, cross-pollination going on there. Uh, but obviously anything that promotes physical media or at least dig- legal digital downloading, mm-hmm. we like to say pirates. Walk the plank, matey. And so everything you are going to be listening here is uh, in studio fresh vinyl because again Mm -hmm. we are all about promoting physical media so that is time for another what's the score segment where we're kicking back and listening to some of our favorite horror scores and soundtracks Mm -hmm. and the whole segment this the theme actually came about was one was from your idea actually which i love but if you didn't grow up in the 70s or 80s and you're you're maybe a younger listener here you may have missed out on the whole satanic panic it was everywhere. That was legitimate. Uh, we even we were over on we were recently on the Talk of the Town podcast, and we had a chance to talk about here in the the even the, the nascent Stanley Kansas area out in Lewisburg in Baines Crossing. There were devil worshippers out there because they were everywhere. Like were they in your uh, neck oh yeah of the woods? There was uh, Wanda County Park supposedly had a bunch of devil worshippers that would like meet at black masses right, but I don't know if they would like. Why not counting but we <laughs> they're, they're like we reserve this shelter, you know, <laughs> for the dark lord. They might be Satanists, but they're good with paperwork. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but ultimately you mentioned it uh, right there, Black Sabbath, you know, as I grew up as a metalhead, I was always kind of exposed exposed to Satan, if you will. Yeah. Not in a dirty way. But it was <laughs> Check it out. Satan sausage. But like they always like <laughs> it was always the opposite effect of what they would do because no matter how scary they wanted to make like this is going to rot your kid's brain if you look satan's are going to come in satanists are going to come and take your pets and your children away oh yes it still made you kind of want to seek it i'm like ooh. it became the forbidden fruit mm-hmm. and ultimately though as it as it turns out 
and and let me just say this also. I was raised Catholic, and that had a lot to play into my oh, yeah. eventual. We mentioned it before. You have to go back to one of. I think we did a scoring with like the the Big Four uh, before I was ever able to muster. I had to muster up the courage to listen to the band Slayer for the first time with some of their tracks. Be- it's evil. I thought I was going to indeed summon up the prince of darkness himself mm-hmm. satan and that you were just, you know, we should do a whole thing about you know s- scorn with satan right and i was like yeah we really should so everything we're going to be listening to here we do indeed have in studio uh, if you're like well why aren't you playing this and that because we don't have it we don't have this and that right but something we're going to start with here and it was something that actually i have to thank you and the kansas city horror club uh this was a gift from you guys and this was something that i believe came from was it a Tumble, Iowa? Yep. One of the vendors at a Tumble, Iowa had a couple of records. And like, if I know anything about you, sir, the first thing you look for when we go to a con or anything is that they have records. I, I really, yeah, I have to ask myself, well, am I going to be spending any money at this right? convention? But then I figured, you know, it's a good investment. It's for the show. It is for the show. For and the we're, we're going to spin this. And this is actually really cool because we're going to be spinning a 45. I saw it and I was like, dude, what do we say when we're talking about Satan? We always like, Rectus Dominus. If you were to even maybe even potentially ask a normie. If you were to think about, like, if you were to ask, what what does Satan sound like, or what does a satanic song sound like, what does something associated with Satan sound like? Rectus Dominus, Rectus Dominus. Something that has been seeped into the popular consciousness so much, and I do believe it does stem from the two tracks we're going to listen to, and our first one comes from the 1976 satanic classic, The Omen. Hey! Hail Satan! It's all for you, Genius McGee. (laughs) But this comes from legendary composer Jerry Goldsmith. And I think when you add someone that is legitimate to it, not that like John Carpenter couldn't have put together a good Omen score. Right. But when Jerry Jerry Goldsmith does it, what he brings to the table is... Is the very reason we do the... It's the quintessential Rectus Dominus. You know, whenever you think of Satan, you think of Rectus Dominus. And that is what we're... When you think of Satan, think Rectus Dominus. Except no substitute. And we are not because of... And thank you for this 45 here, but we've got a flip side here. And what I love is we do get an A side and a B side. Uh, It's a 666 and a 666.5, I guess, on the other side. Uh, but we're going to start off with the the one, the only, the Ave Satani. <laughs> this is the one that started. This is like you said. Rectus Dominus.
it's elegant, it's classy, but man, is it sinister. It is. It's grand. It's like, seriously, I kind of like, for a second, I turned over and was expecting the record player to be on fire or like, you know, all of a sudden like starts getting dark because it sounds fucking sinister. You know, some ill shit's about to go down. You know why? It's it's if any if horror films have taught us anything, it's when you hear Latin, you know, evil is near. Evil is near, exactly. If anyone is spouting out Latin, go away. Mm-hmm. They're gonna summon up something. Unless they're so crates, they got no business speaking Latin. This so. is very true. <laughs> and even then, if you get him on a drunken night, who knows what he's gonna summon the up? Rectus. It could be a little dialogue. It could be the devil. Who knows? <laughs> Now, on the flip side of the 45 here, and this is what I love, is if you know, we, if you summoning up Satan isn't enough, one of the things that actually has always truly terrified me ever since I was a little kid uh, are storms. Uh, the buildup to a storm kind of mm-hmm. freaks me out. Uh, the, the rising of the wind freaks me out. Even occasionally, I'm not so much of the, the, the lightning and the thunder, it's the wind. But the perfect combination occasionally, when, when you get the, the buildup that just peaks perfectly uh-huh. freaks me out and we get a great combination of building up with the strings with a lot of what we just experienced with the the rectus and the dominus on this next track this is on the flip side and what i love is we get a flip side to ave satani and what could be a better flip side than the killer storm
It is the buildup of the strings, of the brass instruments, of the, the rectus. The impending rectus, Dominus, dude. Just like you could see like these evil clouds. Like you knew like a portal was opening up and like this red light was coming out of nowhere and like lightning was coming out of it and shit. And people were running around because like rectus, Dominus. The, the buildup of this particular scene that it happens in this film, that's the one that Edgar Wright references in Hot Fuzz. Mm-hmm, but you know, ill shit's coming down. Again, Latin Latin can make anything scary, man. Especially with that. They can make like, whoo, just like, and, and you can see like the little one, the strings and the little voices like lightning bolts and like you hear the impending bass drum with the boom, boom, uh, thunder. Well, they, and he gives you all these really irregular beats and it almost feels like, uh, it reminded me actually of a couple of scenes in Poltergeist and Poltergeist 2, uh, which I have to remember, I'm pretty sure he actually did the score to Poltergeist as well, which would be, which would make sense. But when he starts hitting where it feels like almost like it's that driving pulse, it makes you feel like you're floating but floating in a menacing way. It's mm-hmm. wonderful. It's unreal. You're not so much floating as you're falling. As you're falling. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's great because the, when he adds in then the 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 token of what we think with the satanic sound, the rectus, but mm-hmm. it's the ave satani. It's just adding these sinister sounds. Mm-hmm. Again. It's just... It, plays wonderfully it's creepily wonderful and it's another film that actually uh scream factory just put out an entire blu-ray of the entirety of the franchise so you start with a little damien maximum rectus dominus all the way up to a handsome neil uh um, sam neil sam neil yes playing the adult version of damien (laughs) as the president but as actually the he's as he matures as does the soundtrack itself now the next one we're going to listen to here we actually are going to go again we started talking some of our favorite Italian composers. This one also comes from an Italian master and one that didn't actually delve too deeply into the horror pond too often. Mm -mm. But what's great is he could make something his entirely his own or he could ape someone's sound close enough that people, honestly, a lot of people, if you ask who scored the thing, John Carpenter's The Thing. They think it's John Carpenter. Because they're like, have you listened to the score? You're like, I know it's really... But it's like, no, 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 as it turns out, it is. And Marconi. And Marconi, of course. And he is, he's one of those, like, a normie knows him. All you have yeah. to do is the... Yeah. The spaghetti westerns. And, and it's so cool, the fact that he has his own very distinct style, but yet, you know, like you said, you can he can dip into horror, ape John Carpenter, do all these different things, make his own stuff. That's truly... A feat to behold. And the next oh, film <laughs> that we're going to be scoring with here with Satan is what I what I guess I should say. What we love about Satan is he comes by he goes by many names. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is Satan. It's uh, Beelzebub, Lucifer, Mephistopheles. Yes. <laughs> and if you're going to uh, if you're really good feeling like skanking Mephistopheles, there we go. There's always a scoff for everything. Or you know, there's uh, Mexistopheles, even better, <laughs> the Mexican devil, or. Uh, Pazuzu. Ah, yes. As we are deriving from this, two tracks from a a, a derived put upon sequel. Woo wee! That I know a lot of people dislike, and it. But the music's rad. The music is wonderful. Uh, the Exorcist Two, The Heretic, mm-hmm. which is a I've seen that. Oh yeah. I've never seen it all the way through. Dude, I couldn't make it all the way through. I've seen halves, and then I was like, "This is just Reagan being." Medically 
checked out for the whole entire movie. So I'm like, and then I would come in the end, I'm like, okay, still, this doesn't make any lick of sense. So I've seen it, sure, multiple parts, but like, yeah. Well, but- this is one I ultimately I stumbled upon when we, on one of our probably many trailer compilations where it has a, one of the best trailers put together where it does look like a crazy insane madness like jaunt through time and space and evil and, and then like only enhanced exams. by the Morricone track Magic and Ecstasy which you've heard here on What's the Score Before but we wanted to change things up and we wanted to offer a couple of themes and we're going to start contrast and obviously in Exorcist 2 you have Reagan is played by Linda Blair and her arch nemesis Pazuzu, and we're going to start off a little bit more on the terrifying side when it comes to summoning Satan, or in this case, Pazuzu, and we're going to start things off with Pazuzu's theme. get the requisite dominus mm-hmm. as you need but then you get jungle beats yes. and the the the, the like i like that through theme through it that is pazuzu's theme mm-hmm, with even like the when it comes out like in the main crazy one but that it, it's nice it's sinister it's menacing and with the jungle beats, it works extremely well. Well, that's what I like. What Morricone brought to that particular score, he he brings nuance to it. And when you listen to that, you it, tell, it tells you exactly what you need to. It does become a character in and of itself. He 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 does elevate the film with this particular piece. Like the first one, and like the second one is different tonally from this one. Yeah, the oh music yeah. is because you have the tubular bells, Mike Odenfield, and versus this which is like night and day and everyone knows the exorcist theme mm-hmm. again normies know the exorcist theme but this is that next level where if you maybe want to introduce them to maybe not necessarily the movie itself <laughs> everybody knows the exorcist but you know do you truly know pazuzu's theme <laughs> because as you say technically that the original score that is mike oldenfield that is told something not related no to the exorcist it's like that the was soundtrack adapted by the exorcist Mm-hmm. Now, if you want something truly from The Exorcist, you can go no raw, no worse than Ennio Morricone. Uh, it's definitely one of the themes that I love because it is sinister. Yeah, it is. But at the same time, it a little bit, and much like, you know, Old Scratch himself, a little jaunty. Exactly. He's having fun while fucking with people. 
as he would go, go see uh, a, a little modern masterpiece called uh, The Devil's Advocate, where Al, Al Pacino himself has a fun time messing around with people as, oops, sorry, spoiler. Come on, Kevin, give me a theme. Well, the next theme we're going to listen to, we're going to go from very obviously sinister to something a little bit softer. Which I like that we can explore. The softer side of Pazuzu. We do get to... Actually, it, it, well, the softer side Pazuzu reveals one Reagan. And we're going to listen to, instead of Pazuzu's theme, our next track we're going to listen to is Reagan's theme. softer side of am gold i was thinking that was like that's an am gold like it's the softer side and it's super pretty but there's also like this hint of sadness and of impending doom you know there's a little bit of that scariness factor because there's some sinister aspects to it of course like la 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 and he do that down to like the tempo and you got a haunted house that's almost a subtle rectus even as it's no matter how much Sarah McLaughlin you add to it, right. it's still going to reek of sinister. For just 50 cents a day, you can steal souls. But like, <laughs> no, but yeah, there was sadness because, you know, it's kind of like Reagan. She's been through some yeah. shit and there's some like evil impending doom coming it, up. It, it's, so. la- it's laced with melancholy. But that's what I love is that's to- the total flip side of Pazuzu's theme is something that is still... S- and it's one of those that while Pazuzu's is a little bit more menacing and mirthful... This is more melodic and haunting. Yeah. It, 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 it's a wonderful contrast. And ultimately, you may not necessarily get that in the film, but you do get it in the mm-hmm. score in and of itself. Now, the next track we're going to listen to, and again, uh, from Pazu- from from Damien to Pazuzu, we're going to go to one that has a, a little, little little glint in the eye there. Because who of us haven't dreamed for something better? You know, making it out west. 
Maybe, you, you know, make it as an actor genius. You want to be a star, don't you? No, you do not. After you watch this particular film and listen to this score, go back all the way to our very first episode. Yeah. We we knew we wanted to start off with something wonderful, new, and man, you cannot go wrong. 2014 Starry Eyes. Such a good movie. Such a good movie. Ridiculously, wonderfully underseen horror flick. Um, If you want to check out some new recently, well, actually, shit, now at this point, it's five years. Yeah. We're almost to the decade point, and I, we are still talking about this film. Mm-hmm. And I think it's going to have the legs that five years from now, we're still talking about it. But it is truly a deal with the devil. Very. And spoiler alert for a five year old film, but yes. Satan himself does come into play, and the score by Jonathan Snipes is something we've talked about from the beginning, Um, just kind of our adoration of the film because of his mixture of, he's a little bit more on the the synth heavy side. Yeah, he's synth, it's synth Satan. Yes, and what I like with our first two tracks that we went from Goldsmith to Marconi, more of your classical composers, Mm -hmm. here we definitely get into some of the contemporary composers. But our contemporary composers are all about wearing their influences on their sleeves. Right. So it's kind of like going back to the classics. And the tra- and we have listened to a few tracks from this album before. Now, the one we're going to listen to here comes from, uh, it's the track called Chrysalis Kissing Tracy. And this, in this film, not only is it an ode to Satan and what we do to get ahead in this world, mm-hmm. but also it is the change that Alex Esso's character goes through. And, and not into Wendy Torrance. Oh, my good. And again, go back to our Dr. Sleep episode or go see Dr. Sleep if you want to see a transformation. Yeah. Maybe she did make a deal with the devil because she's ridiculously good as Wendy Torrance yeah. in Dr. Sleep. Oh, she's great in Starry Eyes. She's fantastic she makes this eyes. movie a, a, a strong performance. And again, uh, when we like to say, you know, a good score is another character in this film, that was one of the films, one of the things that we definitely strongly thought. So here from uh, the, and this is actually from uh, the Waxwork record release, the first two we listened to were some classic releases, so no specialty labels, but definitely when we do. So this one is by Waxwork and the art by, done by Jay Shaw. And again, not only are we buying these for the physical releases for the physical media, but man, the beauty they, they bring about as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, the, the effort that goes into every single release that's out there, it is so well worth your time. And so is this track. Again, this is from Starry Eyes. We're listening to Chrysalis. Thank you. 
so that was fucking rad dude <laughs> that was rad that was sinister <laughs> and evil and it's what i want satan to sound like you know i mean like like that and rectus dominus so like um again because speaking of marconi it totally at the beginning sounds kind of thingish very Marconi, but then it goes straight into hardcore contemporary Carpenter, and it's rad because it's evil sounding. It's grand, and you still get a little bit of the ah, ah, the Rectus Domus subtle Satan. Yes, uh, sometimes Satan can be subtle mm-hmm. as he is in Hollywood. Uh, again, another film that you need to check out, and I love the the Jonathan Snipes. He's been doing some really good work here. Um, he, uh, Steve Moore is another uh, uh, composer out there that they definitely wear again that Carpenter influence on their sleeve. But mm-hmm. honestly, when it's as good as that, go for it, go bring for it on, it. absolutely. Yeah. And it's a film that is all about just you know what we do to get through and to survive, just to mm-hmm. exist. You know, are your dreams worth it? And it's yeah. like, oh man, it's it's a powerful film and one hopefully. That I think, especially nowadays, plays even stronger than it did five years ago. Oh, yeah. Which I think, unfortunately, is a film because of that. It will always have legs. Yeah. Like, I'd, I'd love to be in a world where Starry Eyes is just a cautionary tale. Look at They Live. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. Know? Oh, I no. Mean... Well, you know what? That's a nice transition because, you know, for, from, from, from Jonathan Snipes, who wears his John Carpenter influence on his sleeve, why don't we just go straight to the man himself? Because John Carpenter has actually dealt with the devil before, mm-hmm. and one of one of I definitely think one of our favorite films of his, uh, 1987's Prince of Darkness. So wild, so like, punk, like you said, it's punk rock carpet. It is. This is the one where you can't try to follow along, but don't try too hard. It's because sit back and enjoy the madness. The Donald Pleasants going crazy. The uh, Ron Atkins, all everything. <laughs> it, it's a film that I think we try to make more sense of it than John Carpenter did back in the day. Yeah. Like, he's like, you know what? I really like this, you know, these quantum physics, all this, like, really interesting theories. Why don't I mix it up with a devil movie and then add a little of Sultan Precinct 13 here? Mm-hmm. We're good. Coming from the future. Yeah. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. I We had a chance with uh, last year's, well... You last yes, last year's yeah. Carpenter Fest. Uh, this was the second film that we played, and I think probably like three quarters of the audience seen it for the first time. Mm-hmm. And these were all Carpenter fans, so this is the film that really goes under the radar. But I think this film, uh, coming off of the back of Big Trouble in Little China, I think you can put this and Big Trouble as my favorite Carpenter scores overall. And if you listen to them. There's some really interesting connective tissue between the two. Mm-hmm. Um, if you go over and listen to the overall the album itself. But we are indeed devoted to Satan. And the track we're going to listen to here is it's entitled Darkness Begins. And Six times. <laughs> it's quite possibly that. Now, I will say the album I'm listening to here is one of the original releases. I know it got another recent release, and I believe it actually has the dream sequences in there oh this one does not otherwise lucky we would, for you exactly otherwise we'd, <laughs> i'd be over in the corner sobbing so until then i'll be maybe getting my groove on because this one plays well live but it also plays sinister so again darkness begins
you're not going to be saved by the god Plutonium. Mm-mm. And so it's even got the little rectus dominus in a way, in like John Carpenter's Satan. In a, in a, in a Carpenter way, the... Uh, rectus. Da-da-da. Dominus. <laughs> like, I, I, but in the middle of it, I just pictured, hey, I'm going to summon Satan. And then like all of a sudden, like... Buck Flowers comes in a di- in one of those dime store uh, costumes of the horn and like I'm Buck, you know, and just like going around. <laughs> and you know, this is a film that he his presence is really missed because technically we don't know. Maybe he's the one. Maybe Beelzebuck is the one in the in the doorway. I come from the future, and it's really not garbled and like scratchy. It's just Buck, you know, one hundred percent pure future Buck. I would go with that feature. Beazzlebuck. Beazzlebuck, he comes in many forms again. And if that is the form he takes, (laughs) I'm actually going to subscribe to his newsletter. Just dive store horns and a little plastic pitchfork. You hobos are... That's why he has the hobo army. He's the leader of the hobos in the the Prince of Darkness. And in a film all about hobos, John Carpenter, you don't have Buck Flower in Prince of Darkness? Now, maybe that's why he gave him the key to the company and they live. That's why he actually gets to wear a tux. That was his apology role. Like, sorry, sorry, Buck. I had no problem. I get party free hooch. You know, it's so like <laughs> truly he could be bought with his roles. <laughs> just picture, you know, I mean, even when he's all fancied up, like he could totally still be BS. But I didn't know you guys were down with the program. You know, just like ready to suck. He'll sell his soul for something, whether for it's Satan or hooch. That's right. <laughs> Well, that and that's why we love people like George Buckflower, Dick yep. Miller, everyone that graces the screen. When they're, you know, whether they're, you know, elbow to elbow with Satan or what, whether or not, you know, they're truly, uh, it's wonderful. It's Be wonderful. Well, that's going to lead us to our last little summon, summon our last tracks that we're going to summon here, mm-hmm. and. I almost started everything off with these with one of these tracks. Now, the first one we're going to listen to is a new one we haven't heard here on the show before. Uh, this comes from another one where Satan takes on a different name. Mm-hmm. I believe, what, what is he referred to in this one, uh, Genius? Satin. Satin. That's not a cracker uh-uh. in this case. No, this is another wonderfully weird film that... You had the first, your your first chime was seen at the draft house, was was it not? Uh huh. On the big screen, and I just fucking loved it. And I remember like coming out like, dude, that movie was wild and great, and just like just dancing around and shit, and like, and you know that thing that ah yeah, just we'll oh, get to man. it. We'll get to it. We are of course talking 1979's The Visitor. Yes. If you want a if you want a killer kid film. It's Check got it. it. Out. It's got it. If you want another weird Italian film, it's got it. You want uh, Lance Hendrickson? It's got it. You, do, do you need a really weird Shelley Winters? It's got it. It's it's got everything you need. <laughs> do you need a uh, motorcycle doing the Scorpion like Deathlock backbend and, and almost killing a real person? It's got it. Do you need a little girl yelling at Sam Peckinpah, calling him mean old dirty old bastard, and throwing uh, figure skaters through windows, and then? doing terrible shit to like people in wheelchairs it's got it and does it have a fabulous score i'm a pretty bird it's got it it's got it no uh this one actually does come to us from jan uh kazmarek we've heard his work before of which we're going to close out with but the track we're going to listen to is one that ultimately i wasn't realized how influential it is 
The track we're going to listen to is called Sadness, and we'll talk about its influence afterwards. And this is one, though, again, what I love what we've heard here today is we have heard some sinister things. We've heard the menace, but we've also heard the softer side of Satan. And we're going to get that here with the softer side of Satine with a track, Sadness. Satin is soft. <laughs> I'll keep it in. This one might be the only one we didn't have the the obvious, you know, the rectus dominus. This one was grand. Okay, so I thoroughly love it, this 70s, like, all stuff like this. Because whenever you see, like, a 70s score, you know you're going to get a little bit of funk. It's just super funk. Funky. And it has a little bit of the cosmic funk as well. This is something mm-hmm. you can actually see like George Clinton getting down to. Yep. This is something that Sun Ra would probably appreciate. And that's the other thing too. This particular release we're listening to comes from Mondo and Jay Shaw also did the design and art on this one as well. So you, you got these artists making their rounds through the various de- and that's what I love that they're spreading the love yeah. of these artists. Well it's interesting you're saying how like like Sun Ra would dig this and like a lot of funk stuff in George Clinton because like it's this uh, surprisingly has made its rounds. And so you said this is something that you were familiar with due to um, what? Who was it that actually had put this? MF in Doom. MF Doom. Actually, it's Danger Doom. So it's uh, Danger Mouse and MF Doom. And I love MF Doom. Like I love me some old school hip hop. But he did this collaboration with Ghostface Killer from Wu Tang Clan. And like it's all about being anti-heroes, but in there, in that song, there's that and the kind of like the flow through, and there's like that funk throughout it, and like I was like, because I remember 
I remember when listening to, in the, to that song in my car because it's on my playlist and uh, the MF Doom one and and then I was like I've heard that before but I don't remember when and then flash forward months later I'm down here and we're listening to the visitor and then all of a sudden that and I'm like I know that I've heard that where have I heard that well that's when that's what I love is like as random and as weird as a film this is it has still found someone yeah to see if it's its influence on the music is fucking rad in this yeah, it is, it's, it's a fucking banger well when what i what i in lieu of the the fact that we didn't get the traditional rectus what i like with in this particular score and i don't know what jan was going for but you get the weird cosmic uh-huh. a little bit and you got a little subtle in this particular track and i think subtle is working with this in a sadness track yeah it's a good track it sets the mood it's again your your little killer kid in this one is she's happy at this point give me me no bitch <laughs> <laughs> now as fun as it is to score a Satan with this next track I just say this if there's a couple other things on your your tombstone there genius if you're thinking particular musical cues or little things that associate things that maybe would get you hyped or just things that you would like to be associated with uh-huh. you this, this next, is right up there man this next track the one we're going to end with here this is the main theme from the visitor but this one this I is mean, the shenanigans theme this is shenanigans for some like um, <laughs> motivation for, for others. others you know I'm, I was thinking this is one that you could line up a montage with yep uh, oh yeah oh yeah something is happening with this one something though. exciting is going down like you know some epic shit's about to take place and this is a track that at this point has had some really Really interesting, significant moments, signposts, signposts with us that we'll talk about after we listen to a little bit of it here. But yeah, no, we're going to be listening to this case. This is the Stridulum theme from The Visitor.
I don't know if that's the rectus dominus, the that's there, that space, flutter. Yeah, maybe that's like space at team. And then it breaks out the little sexy jazz with the at the end. Man, that's just epic. You just, it's it's exciting. You just want to like, you know, like you have a training montage or something. Summon Satine, right? potentially. You know something's going to happen wild and exciting. Well, what I like with the kind of the, the, Hopefully, with the, exa- the the not the diversity we've been able to provide, but there's been some really interesting, almost like funky tunes in there, mm-hmm. and that begs the question: you know, does Satan prefer getting funky? I mean, I would think so. He went down at Georgia. That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, and the number, there are a number of ones out there that we are missing, obviously. And uh, tell us some of your favorite uh, scores of Satan. Because we could probably score with Satan again. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's plenty of plenty of score. With. I've got a lot of heavy metal albums we can play backwards. Oh yeah, there we go. It'll sum. It'll <laughs> summon something. It won't be Rectus dumb. It'll, it'll be. And then we would really fucking summon the uh, terrible. Yeah, again, shenanigans ensue. As long as we have that in the background, I think we'll be fine. Yep. So, uh, this uh, actually, so we're uh, going into the month of December. Mm-hmm. I do know at this point we will have a uh, new Friday the 13th commentary that will land on Friday the 13th. Mm-hmm. We'll obviously have our best of 2019 episode, and then we'll have two episodes in between that we're still working on, figuring out what we're going to do. We'll have fun, though. We will always, as we do in the month of December. Again, a lot of stuff going on, so th- I guess uh, as we close out the month of November, thank you again for everyone that listens. Obviously, our Thanksgiving episode was Blood Rage, but we're always thankful for everyone that's out mm-hmm. there. Thankful for you, my friend. Thankful for thank you. you for the physical media that we have here at our bounty through John Carpenter. Amen. So until next time, this is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee. And we'll see you in your dreams. Hail Satan!